Today on the program, we debrief the topic of fatherhood and what one local organization is doing to improve it for those who struggle to adapt. It's complicated but important work, and Reggie Cox, founder of the Fatherhood Connection, joins us now on the debrief to discuss it. Reggie, thanks so much for taking the time. Give us an overview of what the Fatherhood Connection is all about. Okay, well, the Fatherhood Connection is a 13-week men's parenting and personal development program. It's geared to educate, equip, and empower men, fathers, and father figures. We also have, under that Fatherhood Connection, under the umbrella of that, we have a boys and men group that deals with ages 13 to 21. And many of our youth are coming from residential homes or in foster care on pens, that they've had some challenges as a result of their parental influence or lack of parental influence. So the Father Connection is really designed to empower both that man, that family, that children in in our communities. That's what we're geared to do. When you think about the, the community that you're serving, the, the gap that's being filled by the by the by both of those programs, um, what is sort of the, the angle there and how do you guys approach that from a program standpoint? You're talking about obviously two very different groups of people, uh, adolescents, teens, young adults, and potentially uh, some older young adults, I'll say, uh, who have a completely different set of life experiences. How, how do the programs differ in terms of how they approach uh, the folks who are getting involved? Yeah, good question. Um, so with the, I'll start with the young group, the boys and men group, we really approach that. Um, it's an eight-week program in, in compared to the 13-week with the adults. So what we do, we look at those kids, and particularly those that, again, are in residential services that have struggled in school, struggled at home, struggled with just the arrangement of home settings. For example, we deal with kids that have a RAD. RAD is a reactive attachment disorder where kids have been from home to home to home. They've only been, they're only 16 years old and they've been to maybe 10, 12 different homes. And so they don't really know what it's like to feel comfortable and to feel loved. Every time they choose someone who they love, they have to then um, begin to be moved. So what they would do is AWOL. So a lot of these kids have learned how to run away, but never learned how to receive the love and to, to understand the importance and significance of structure. For our adult group, then we're dealing with a lot of guys who didn't have a model, didn't have a progenitor as a father figure. What was it like for them being a son? They don't even understand what a healthy son would look like. So how then do they create that? How do they model that? They didn't see their father be able to handle anger and still love unconditionally. So we address these type of things. And for those fathers who are married and uh, they've been married maybe 20-something years old, these some of these guys come to the program. In fact, there have been one who was a commissioner, but in his, in his marriage was estranged. And he might have been looking at divorce. Came to the fatherhood program and realized that there are some things that were very intricate to help him salvage his marriage. And so we're looking at guys, not only that are mandated by family court and probation um, and coming from you know the faith-based or different communities, but we're looking at men that have been married for a long time and are addressing um, f- um, patterns of behavior that really can enhance and increase their intimacy with themselves, with their wife and with their children. When, when you think about the timeline, uh, eight and 13 weeks, is that correct for the two different programs? Right. Uh, 
what kind of transformation can take place in that amount of time? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening are, are going to think to themselves, well, eight to 13 weeks, you're talking like two or three months. Like what kind of change can really take place in that kind of period? And I'm sure you've seen plenty of, of stories and, in, and in instances of folks who've made significant change, probably really, really transformative change in that period of time, right? Absolutely. Josh, we, we have seen where a guy have come one time to the fatherhood connection and walks away from there realizing that, you know what, I'm the problem. It is me the problem, not my wife, not my daughter. Um, we've seen guys come to the program and then turn around and make that call to their daughter who they hadn't seen in 10 years. So we look at it as we're able to bring uh, a father or a male into an environment and we really express vulnerability and transparency. And that really becomes the teacher. So the teacher is not the person. The teacher is the environment that we create that is based on trust. And we can be um, authentic. We can just speak how we feel and not be judged. And so from that perspective, we know that we can change lives immediately. Let me just say this one other thing about that. Um, we're finding that um, just like it would be if a person was ready to get off drugs or they were or addicted to some kind of substance abuse. You have to catch that father when he's motivated to make changes. And so if I was to say, no, you can't come and wait, come back, um, then we may miss that guy and miss a great opportunity to impact change for him, for his family, and for his spheres of influence. Does that speak to the power, especially when you think of the instances where it only took you know, a, a single session or two for individuals to see a, a big moment of change for them personally. Does that speak to the power of just communicating and sort of tapping into what effective communication looks like and how important that piece is to this sort of transformation that these folks are going through? Absolutely. Josh, I can even speak on a personal level. I'm a father of 10 kids, five boys and five girls and 14 grandchildren. I realize that even when I go through there, it sharpens me. I think that I'm a great um, communicator, but I realize, man, I, I'm just really, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a handful, Josh. <laughs> and so I'm learning and we, we create that environment where guys can really um, hold each other accountable. Um, so, so yeah, we, we're seeing that we're able to make changes in the paradigm shift. We're looking at breaking patterns. I mean, again, here I am, an adult child of an alcoholic, right? Um, my father was alcoholic. His father was an alcoholic. So what cycles and patterns that need to be broken? And so we're looking at how we can impact change and the light goes on. The paradigm shift happens and we walk away being able to have a different filter, a different perspective. Um, even consider um, our introspection, being able to think about how we're thinking this and viewing a thing that might needs to be changed is outdated and no longer works for us. When you, when you think about uh, some of the systemic challenges that obviously we see in society on a daily basis, and you think about the evolution that uh, the, the folks are going through as whether they're, they're teens or whether they're young men uh, or even you know, older men, if that's the case, when you think about the evolution that's happening on a personal level, does it give you sort of hope that there is a, there is a way for us to collectively start to break some of these systemic uh, issues and challenges that um, obviously are are ingrained and are part of sort of the the broader issue here? 
Absolutely. Um, Josh, I'm, I'm realizing that we all have biases and we all have preferences. And to think that you don't have a bias, you don't really understand <laughs> the perspective of your, your your filters and understand how you view things and how you've been raised and what you enjoy, what you what you don't enjoy. And so from that perspective, uh, we realize those systemic issues are real. Um, how we being treated, how we respond to that treatment. Um, do we shut down or are we walking in fear? Are we walking based on that last experience that traumatized us? The fatherhood connection focus on those protective factors. We address, um, I call it post traumatic fatherless syndrome, that we're impacted by poverty, we're impacted by crime, we're impacted by um, separation and divorce and education. All of these factors really affect the way we father, the way we parent, the way that we have or we call what we family. Family is designed to bond. And when those needs are not being met, you will find a way to get those needs met one way or the other. And so again, when we're addressing that sense of belonging, that sense of being able to affirm, approve and celebrate is very, very important that we understand how to do it and the timing to do it and when not to do it and when it's best to just shut up because it's not important being right, it's important being able to keep the relationship. And I'm curious, obviously this is not just happening, these programs, you're not just running them in, in any single communities. What, what are some of the similarities that, that you see between different communities and between different groups of folks who uh, maybe come from maybe more urban areas versus really rural communities like a Seneca County, of course, is really rural in comparison to, you know, an Ontario or even a Monroe County. What, what are some of the, the differences or similarities, I guess, that, that you see uh, in those settings? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, I, rem- I recall working with um, a population where they were mostly all white. And, um, and I was the only black guy in there, man. And, and some of the staff came and said, Reggie, how do you do this? You know, you're the only black guy here, but yet you're encouraging all of these guys and they love you. So to me, um, I think I come with a passion. I come with a heart to change and to empower other people. So we're seeing people in the rural areas have some of the same struggles that people have in the inner city. We do find that the poverty sometimes is even greater. We see that um, sometimes the systemic issues as it relates to um, struggles with just being able to ed, you know, get good education, to um, really even address some of the relationships with the people in their, what I call hood, right? Um, we find that sometimes those are challenging, but we cannot look at the last moment, the last experience and judge every experience moving forward based on that last one. But we have to have skills, Josh. And that's why the fatherhood connection is so important because we're developing skills so that we don't have to um, just let what happens to us happen to us, but we can learn how to respond appropriately. So we have this one group that we talk about is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I respond. I believe that we can still tap into purpose, still tap into destiny, still leave a legacy that's healthy for our family and for our children to carry on. My final question, and you, you alluded to it a little bit when we first started talking, uh, where are the programs going in the future? What does the future look like for the Fatherhood Connection? And of course, the Boys to Men's group and the, the different things that uh, the Connection is doing overall. Yeah, our whole objective is um, we're now in the process of becoming evidence-based and uh, we're looking to go across the entire state. We're in seven different counties right now. 
um, running um, the Fatherhood Connection. We're getting ready to pick up a couple of other counties um, in Allegheny, Ontario, um, um, Genesee, Wayne County. So we're really looking to expand and we have to train other trainers to really do the work. It's so needed um, to see that when we have the saying that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And we need people like yourself, Josh. We need to be able to develop a team, right? I'm not a, I'm not an expert in every area, but I am an expert in one area. And if I can learn to follow the lead of those who are experts in other areas, then we're on this team together to build, to restore, to reconcile, to repair the breach in the families and, and create a belonging. And so that's what we do and that's what we're doing. And we wanna go across the entire state of New York doing this. How does that make you feel, uh, given that I would assume at one point this was just an idea in your head, and now you're in this position where potentially you're you're going to be in the near future uh, looking at a statewide program? It's awesome. It's a fulfillment. What I'm realizing, Josh, and this is not just for me. Watch this. It's very important that we understand our misery becomes our ministry. And so in other words, what I'm saying is the place that injured me, where I've been wounded, right, as a child, it's really directly linked to my assignment. So my purpose is on the other side of my injury. If I can ever get healed, if I can ever get a sense that it has a meaning for my life, not because Reggie's all that in a bag of chips, but because he's got the teeth shirt he's got the hat you know what it's like and he can relate to those people like unto himself reggie you are one of my favorite people to talk to i appreciate you taking the time uh your energy is is as much infectious as it is just awesome for for humanity right now so i really appreciate the time thanks josh look forward to continuing this 